Well, Scott Maddox will be serving five years in federal prison and Paige Carter Smith was sentenced to serve two years. There was no reaction in the courtroom when the judge read the sentences today, but there were a lot of tears during testimony. Scott Maddox spoke directly to the judge saying, quote, when I listen to my voice on those recordings, I'm deeply ashamed. Hello, everybody. Look at that. You are back once again for another episode of Why Are We Like This, the uh, true crime podcast that treats Florida like the active crime scene that it is. I'm David Quinones. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Tomas Kennedy. How goes it, Tomas? Hey, hey. Glad to be back with everybody. And Overliable, Gerald Doherty. Say hi to the good people, Jerry. Hello. It's me. I am. I'm Reliable. We've got a, a, a compelling interview lined up today uh, with a good friend of the show, Ryan Ray. Ryan is an aide to Commissioner Jeremy Matlow in Tallahassee, working in the belly of the beast, the metaphorical King's Landing to Florida's own. I'm not sure what Miami would be like. I don't know where, whatever the wherever the cocaine and the hot people are in Game of Thrones. I guess that's what that's what we would be. Bravos. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Ray underscore FLA. Ryan, welcome to Why Are We Like This. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're, well, we're glad to have you. And uh, before we get into our interview, though, we want to rem uh, remind our folks, our listeners, our people of a few things as we continue producing this show that many are calling the most impactful media project to come from the Sunshine State since Flipper. Uh, we need you. That's right. While we are committed to keeping these interviews, conversations, case files, and more coming your way, we need you to help make it happen. You can start by clicking that follow or subscribe button on your favorite podcast player. Maybe the one that you're listening to right now. Next, leave us a review. Not just any review, but a good review. A five-star review. Ratings and reviews are how little indie podcasts like ours move up on the podcast charts. Also, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at W-A-W-L-T show. That's Walt show. <laughs> Walt show. Uh, I am excited to announce that I've cut up a few TikTok posts. And by the time you hear this show, you'll be able to see a few of them. So... Head on over to TikTok if you are somebody that heads on over to TikTok very frequently. Follow us everywhere. Go wild with it. And now, on to the show. T? You know, I, I've, I've always been very, um, like, impressed uh, and also just, like, curious about the, the political project that you all are uh, spearheading in Tallahassee. I mean, you, you know, Commissioner Porter, Commissioner Matlow. So I guess, you know, can you just start out by just detailing, you know, your efforts in the in the Tallahassee City Commission and what y'all are trying to achieve there. You know, just kind of give us like a bird's eye view of the work you've been doing. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Uh, it's actually interesting. We have um, it, it has been sort of underwritten about. I mean, a lot of us uh, are all familiar with the uh, the pitfalls of uh, and, and, the, and the negative side effects that happen with the kind of collapse of local journalism around the state here, especially. Um, but so I think it's kind of been underexplored and I appreciate that question. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> a lot of it, I was talking a little bit, um, with, uh, with these folks before the show, I mean, a lot of it was kind of set up, what, I would describe it as a wave of grassroots reform. Um, and unlike many of them that you see in localities, municipalities around Florida, uh, where this sort of, a, you know, a status quo of lo a local machine becomes to accrete, uh, and kind of, uh, begin to become excessive and become unpopular, uh, unlike many of those, this one is, uh, by all accounts, by 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 all observations, succeeding. Um, we uh, Tallahassee is to, to remind some of your listeners, 
Tallahassee is kind of infamous. It's almost a byword for political corruption <laughs> uh, in Florida uh, with uh, with the ways and means of the uh, state capital and the state government right across the way with Governor DeSantis and uh, 20 years plus now of right wing legislatures uh, that pretty much do the bidding of big uh, special interests and corporate interests. Um, our city hall across the street has not been immune from those pressures. Um, your listeners might be aware of there is a landmark federal uh, corruption uh, trial that concluded a couple of years ago, um, which saw uh, the indictment of a sitting commissioner, Commissioner Scott Maddox, former mayor of Tallahassee, former chair of the state Democratic Party and former uh, Democratic nominee for agriculture commissioner and governor. I think he ran for state attorney as well. And he was a big deal in, in state Democratic politics. Longtime political figure in Tallahassee, and he was indicted as after after Commissioner Matlow was sworn in November 2018. Right after our, after our second or third meeting, uh, Scott Maddox indicted uh, and and corralled by federal um, by, by by federal uh, police. Um, and so that's kind of the backdrop. The the um, the the, the growth the overgrowth of a complacent and unpopular and deeply corrupt status quo that exists right along the same corridors on Adams Street as a state, as a state government um, began to get the attention of federal investigators. And we have now, again, more, another former mayor, Andrew Gillum, who's a very famous, internationally, internationally famous who's figure, um, who's also facing, uh, <laughs> who's facing federal and corruption charges. Yes, yes. And um, so Tomas I mean- is playing dumb. We've never heard of him. Who's this yeah, guy? Right? Andra, Andre, Andre what? Yeah, Drew. <laughs> Andy, um, yeah, Mayor Gillum um, is facing corruption and bribery charges, and, and we just had a sitting commissioner who was a landmark national news uh, case of a sitting commissioner basically wheeling and dealing with developers over local projects and lo local zoning and land use decisions that were uh, being done corruptly. And so it's against this backdrop that we uh, kind of began to uh, to start an effort to clean it up. <laughs> commissioner Matlow, my boss, he's um, a guy who started uh, a small a small business called Gain Street Pies, which has become successful. He grew up in poverty with a single mother on the south side and brings that kind of um, class conscious um, reformist attitude to our local government here. We were lucky enough in 2020 to endorse a candidate, our dear friend, Jack Porter, Jacqueline Porter, who you mentioned, who's also doing great work on the city commission. Um, and we have um, brought our influence to bear on some of the other races at the city and county as well, uh, mostly with positive results. So it's been, um, I, I see it basically as uh, some people, uh, some of the folks that are mouthpieces of the sort of the establishment status quo kind of say that we're some radical uh, lefty progressive movement. We see ourselves as really taking back Tallahassee for the mainstream of everyday working people who had kind of lost control of it and uh, among a, a thin power elite that had used and abused it. So that's kind of the shape of it as, as I see it. And, you know, before we keep going, because, you know, the, 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 you know, the main election that's coming up, one of them in Tallahassee involves the mayor, uh, John Daly, uh, another good uh, uh, show name for, for, for politics. But this guy is bad news, right? I mean, he is just, you know, my uh, little foray into Tallahassee politics was the, the community ID program, which we don't have to get into it because uh, we won't bore listeners with that. But he was just awful. And it, the more I learn of him, uh, he just seems like he's neck deep in the swamp, uh, you know, surrounded by special interest groups, uh, you know, FPL, lobbyists, uh, just a whole bunch of bad actors. So can you, I guess, detail like John Daly, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll work through the, the cast of characters. Sure. A little yeah, bit. no, I'd be, I'd be glad to. John, it's funny, right? Mayor Daly. It just evokes a certain image, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, 
So weird, so weird that a mayor named Daly would be like implicated in corruption and wrongdoing. That's the that, that, that listeners. If, right. if if anyone named Daly is running for mayor, just don't even give them a chance. But just vote, just vote against them. <laughs> just to be safe. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, John, mayor Daly, he's kind of a a garden variety kind of machine politician that you see everywhere. Very much enjoys the support of the business community and the Chamber of Commerce, which has been sort of a political arm of a and basically our local AIF. Uh, locally, they, they they support a, a pretty conservative austerity agenda, of course, uh, also littered with giveaways for themselves, right? <laughs> they love the government largesse when it's coming to themselves and to their own projects and their own stakeholders, uh, but basically conservative, not very interested in uh, what the public has to say in a lot of these matters, uh, which has been a boon for us as we kind of redirect the the public interest as the main, the main guide of, of these decisions. But yeah, John Daly, he was a three-term county commissioner um, was seen as kind of a non-controversial and pretty um, mainstream guy. You know, there's a, there's a John Daly in every city, right? Um, he uh, his father um, was a big deal in, in the League of Cities and, sta- and, and state politics, and he was a school board member. And um, he grew up through the Florida State student government. Was president of SGA at Florida State, and began to yeah the the waters that you're talking about um, are kind of the waters that he swam in through his career. Um, and I think that he's kind of um, we weren't sure what to expect when we took office, uh, when Commissioner Matlow took office in 2018, whether there would be so what kind of what the coexistence would look like um, and what that would be. But yeah, Mayor Daly, a lot, many people have observed and not and many people have remarked. I think it's kind of a pretty consensus view that he's adopted a pretty aggressive strategy. He's been very aggressively uh, defensive of um, of um, any criticism of this kind of city hall status quo that everybody that reads the newspaper knows that there's deep problems with um he has um he 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 has sort of been the avatar of you know the power establishment in town um so that's that's john and he's currently up for uh after serving three terms on the county commission he's done one term as mayor he directly succeeded mayor andrew gillum and he's now in a tight tight race very contested race for re-election against a pretty moderate mainstream democratic um, county commissioner named kristen dozier who came in first in the august primary so john and is fighting for his life politically and uh, many people that have invested, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and a lot of time and a lot of credibility into that um, are, are kind of right there with them fighting for their lives and, and, and lashing out against detractors. Yeah. And he's also like a bit of also like he's a bit of a bully. Um, I've seen clips in the county commission of him lashing out at Matlow, uh, lashing out at Porter uh you know, interrupting her. It is 646. Mr. Mayor. Mr. Mayor. I had my hands up when Commissioner Matlow was was speaking. Commissioner Porter, I'm going to adjourn the meeting. We're done. Okay. Is this just a quick comment? Because well, I had my hand up, and Commissioner Williams caught. I understand. I decided to move forward and close out with my comments. You have a quick comment. I would really appreciate the opportunity to direct my question to Commissioner Matlow. I think the spirit of sharing ideas. I did not take my own time. Right. Um, I would really appreciate the opportunity to ask my question. Okay. We stand adjourned. No, Mayor Daly, uh, unfortunately, has uh, gained a bit of a reputation for being sort of a, a strong armor. Um, and some of that has spilled over into public meetings. Uh, Commissioner Matlow, there's a, uh, there's a joint uh, city and county um, a board called Blueprint that administers the proceeds of a sales tax, about $800 million in uh, sales taxes 
for infrastructure projects and economic development uh, projects, which you guys know down in South Florida, you know what economic development often means when you get the big boy politically influential stakeholders involved. Um, Commissioner Matlow was concerned about a process that seems to be to us patently uh, ignore sunshine and violate sunshine uh, with the decision makers uh, that before before there's public uh, input on anything and high levels, high level people able to do quote unquote staff work and make decisions behind closed doors, which are often simply ratified in public at the meetings. We uh, and Commissioner Porter, um, Commissioner Matt, Commissioners Matlow and Porters and a couple of others actually kind of mentioned their um, their chagrin and their uh, dissatisfaction with this arrangement. A bunch of people, including of, of some commissioners, establishment aligned commissioners, including Mayor Daly, voted to end debate, <laughs> cut off debate, right as other commissioners. There's time scheduled for more meeting. Um, there's really nothing more important than discussing this. It was kind of the first opportunity to discuss this matter and debate was ended. Some people, a lot of establishment people uh, con are constantly clutching their pearls and crying about um, uh, crying, crying foul about um, uh, civility. And we find that behavior to be very uncivil. Um, Mayor Daly also made a motion uh, once to uh, to combine a very controversial project uh, opposed by just about everybody into an overall budget vote that contained a lot of favorable projects. Uh, he said that he wanted up or down. He kind of bullied himself into a, an up or down vote um, for political reasons in that same way. So yes, you're right, and um, those are sorts. Of, and then yes, infamously, Commissioner Porter during uh, during the end of meetings where commissioners have their items that they bring to the table. She's duly elected. It's her time to do that. She's serving her her constituents on behalf uh, of, of of her of the voters, um, and her she was not allowed to speak once. She had visibly was waiting to speak many times, and she was gaveled out in a meeting abruptly adjourned by Mayor Daly. And so, yeah, the, this is a this is a pattern that a lot of people have noticed. Disgusting. Yeah, I notice it's it's funny because I, I think of Tallahassee and what you don't realize, or maybe isn't the first thing that people realize, is that it's like the same size in terms of population as like. Hialeah. It's like a couple hundred thousand people, I think. Right. Yep. And, but the proximity to power. Yeah. The, but the, pro, but what makes it different is the proximity to power. It's more than just another 200,000 person city in Florida. It is the capital. And I'm wondering if like, are there any like salient examples that come to mind of how the state power and the state um, influence and the state, you know, that proximity to all of that, that influence kind of bleeds over into the, into the, the um and to the municipal level for better or for probably more likely for worse i would imagine right what a what a thoughtful and uh germane question yeah no exactly i one of my uh, one of our little our old saws is uh you know of the 411 or so municipalities and city halls that exist in florida there's only one that's directly across the street you can see the old capital you can see the capital building right there and it does way heavily. Um, I think the main source of that, so Tallahassee, it is interesting in terms of scale. It, it has a lot of good things going for it uh, as well. It's It almost reminds me of Brasilia or maybe Washington, D.C. in terms of it's a sort of artificially created seat of government kind of a town. And so with FAMU and Florida State, there's tons of really educated people that care about the public sector, that care about civil society, and, that, and, and there's a really well-educated and, and um, broadly broad-minded accepting tolerant group of people who and i love the people of tallahassee they're very cool however <laughs> with all the state government uh comes a certain political class frankly of people lobbyists consultants um and uh, power players on behalf of big special interests that align the corridor of on adam street right outside city hall right across from the capitol and um to your question yeah those people have not been shy about exercising their power in the city of tallahassee um, and kind of punching above their weight class um, in terms of exercising influence 
um, in a way that's not exactly organic. Um, for instance, in our race, Commissioner Matlow was reelected in August, uh, by the way, by about 12 points, which is great. We're very, very glad to have beaten back a really serious oh, challenge. Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, and that's a great example. You had John Thrasher, for instance, well known, uh, served for dozens of years, I don't, four, six terms in the state senator, in the, in the state house and senate, in the legislature, all told. Uh, a big time guy, a, a national um, surrogate for Mitt Romney in 2012. Um, the well, president. What, what a name, state. by the way. Thrasher. It is fun. It, it is evocative. Yeah. It does it definitely. Yeah. definitely. It's very un Romney like, I have to say. <laughs> it definitely paints a picture. And he's a St. John's County. You know, he's like a classic. He reminds me of the old pork barreler, the, the old pork barreler, uh, you know, the, the pork chop gang, uh, kind of like a Southern politician, very, very conservative. Um, and he was a speaker of the house. He's president of FSU, a major state institution, big time guy. He endorsed our opponent. I don't think that you see him endorsing in municipal or county races and other places. That's one example. And he doesn't didn't live in Tallahassee, but he saw he saw a connection to um, state state Republican Party oriented players um, there. And so, yeah, um, our opponent in, uh, in August po- uh, broke every record for every city commission race. They raised about um, three, four hundred thousand dollars in hard money, plus hundreds of thousands of more. On top of that, from five hundred one C four groups that were attacking my boss, Commissioner Matlow, over and over again, breathless. And this is all developer and chamber oriented money, yeah, uh, I, as well I, as Republican. Just, just for the listener, just for the listener, I want to clarify: five hundred one C four groups are dark money groups. They don't have to disclose where that money comes from. So it's a lot of like dirty money in politics goes through these entities. Exactly, Tomas. The kind of money that flows freely at the FPNL lounge, which is right across. You can see it from our office uh, or, or from the governor's club uh, where people where, where these power players mingle. So, yeah, it's and another another reminder to listeners that if you want to donate to our 501c4, you can find it at www. No, I'm just kidding. Wait, record scratch a little bit. Let's derail the conversation slightly. Yeah. Can we talk about the FPL lounge? What do you know? So for the listener, the context is all the power and light that we talked about last episode or energy, utility, monopoly, you, you know, go back and listen to the last episode. If you haven't, you'll see how corrupt they are. They have a fucking lounge, a secret lounge in their headquarters in Tallahassee where they invite elected officials to bribe them in complete and total violation of Florida's gift giving laws, which are actually pretty strict. And yeah, so they have this fucking lounge. What do you know about the lounge, Ryan? Give us the fucking tea. <laughs> well, are the bathrooms choice? Like, do they have like great, like, you know, you close and you have full privacy? Is that like one of those kind of places? You know, you know this might surprise <laughs> <laughs> it might surprise it might surprise some people but when those parties uh happen we, they don't invite me uh, our commissioner oh, what, about, what about jeremy though what about commissioner matlow <laughs> I, no, no, I, I don't think that he he goes to mingle with, with those folks i don't think they want us around but it is it is really hilarious i have a feeling that if you ever like crash the party at that place you would like walk in and you would actually see a picture of commissioner matlow up on the board and they'd very hastily try to cover it up and be like oh what what what, what do you <laughs> <laughs> they do. Uh, for one thing that I hear, talk about the influence of the state, the, the state politics being right across the street, which, by the way, I left state politics to come to to, to do local stuff because I was tired of beating my head against um, the in wall of indifference and incompetence that we see at, so often, unfortunately, at that level of politics. And it's a lot of that has, has followed me across Pensacola Street. It's come across Jefferson uh, into the city stuff. 
Uh, but yeah, the FPNL Lounge. Uh, the thing that always cracks me up, Tomas, is you're right. The state has a pretty, pretty, really great uh, gift ban legislation that prevents if you get paid by a stakeholder that wants something from the state, you cannot accept a gift from that person if you're a lawmaker. So they get around. My favorite part about this is there's a workaround where they just basically have a cup. They have a container. And you're, there's an honor system where you get a few drinks. It's like a lost and found, you get a, but for bribes. You, you drink a couple of $30 uh, FPNL ratepayer subsidized cocktails. And then you know, you're supposed to put some cash or something into that, which I don't think that makes any sense either. But it's, it's like the yeah. secret Santa system, but for political corruption. Yes, yes that's right. Cool. That's right. <laughs> I, I'm, sure, I'm, sure the, I'm sure the container is robustly full and everything's accounted for. You give in increments of late payment fees. It's like because every time somebody's late on their FPL fee, don't they, the FPL bill? Don't they charge like thirty five bucks if you're like a day late or something? <laughs> it's like, how many late fees are you donating? I'll yeah, give I you. I'll give seven. I'm gonna stay under the reporting thresholds. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think they cut off the legislators and staff and lobbyists the same way. Yeah. As the lounge. <laughs> it would be funny for that lounge itself to get its power cut for some like like a mundane bureaucratic reason like the landlord just forgot to pay the, the power bill or something would be hilarious i would love the that. the uh the, the state house uh members that they have in the basement on wheel on hamster wheels they stop for a while <laughs> oh yeah now we're allowed to have like uh renewable energy sources right yeah <laughs> in that in that circumstance of course it's a fun it, it all it all adds up to your point so it all adds up to a very funny sort of um, a very funny, strange e political ecosystem and milieu that happens around there. And we're very much outsiders to it. It is very funny having worked in and out along the, that side of the process, the way that that stuff works. And I can tell you that they're very, they they they, they definitely talk about Matlow from what I hear. The people that we speak to, the hospitality people uh, around town, they, they love to talk about Matlow. It's like a parlor game. Um, and uh, they, they all got heavily involved in our opponent. And uh, I'm so sorry that, uh, that that didn't work out successfully for them. No, I was going to say that it's interesting that that a candidate like, I mean, like we kind of look enviously north towards, um, you know, places like uh, places like Tallahassee because you're able to successfully put somebody like your boss on um, the ticket and get them to, you know, win a commission seat in, in the city, you know. And um, like... That just seems because of a million reasons, but most of it like rhetoric and history and demographics and everything down here in um, an equally liberal or blue county or region. So unlikely in Miami, like not just unlikely, it's impossible. And I'm, I'm wondering like, what are the prevailing uh, like wins that you guys face down here? We have, you know, proud boys and like, aging cubans that got defeated on the bay of pigs like what do you guys have up there that is that um i guess that that counter valence that 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 force that pushes back because to me it just seems like sort of run of the again i'm a bit naive when it comes to tallahassee but it really seems like um just sort of like run of the mill Alabama politics, like just good old boy Southern politics on the municipal level there. But I probably don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like, what do you think? It's been a very progressive city historically. It's it's, it's very funny. It is it's it's much it's a little bit like Gainesville um, in in its blue dot concentration. You've got an urban core of uh, dense Democratic liberal voters with liberal attitudes mostly, um, and it, I think that the more um, the, the more shit kicking elements of politics in Tallahassee it really happens across the street in the, uh, in the in the state senate and the state house, where you've got rural red uh, rural legislators, in you know uh, 
uh, elected by a small um, a small group of their constituents that are running the show and having outsized power. Here, we have a long history of electing um, African American, for instance, mayors, uh, Mayor Gillum, Mayor John Marks before him. Um, I mean, not a really, of, ever. a lot of black voters too, and a lot of young voters, yeah. a lot of voters from the university, which all tend to skew democratic. Like I said, and, and there's a general, it's un, an unusually public sector oriented, public sector aware and highly informed electorate here that I think is really, you know, people ask what the secret sauce is. I really think that it's the people who live here. You know, it's something that's probably 65, 66% of people voted for Obama in the county, countywide at, um, in 2012. And so I think just a message that appeals to the average person and a little bit of against the backdrop of federal corruption charges uh, leering in the background. People, some people, it's it, some of those same people uh, to me are, I'm always surprised, are not still um, shy to stick their nose into things and participate in local elections. But um, I don't think that stuff has a lot of purchase. And I think that every time a real grassroots alternative has met uh, the establishment sort of business as usual, pretty much the former has won. Um, and I think that uh, the, that's, that's because of a lot of things, um, but mostly just the attitudes of the people who live here. I think that conservative establishment politics is always less popular than people assume it is. And I think that if you build an alternative that press, that has the capacity to push up against it, a lot of times it will prevail. As a follow up to that, Ryan, like what how discordant or how um, like uh, incongruent must it seem to the average Tallahassean, the average person who maybe, you know, voted for commissioner, um, for, for, for commissioner Matlow to see the stuff that comes out of the state legislature. It must feel like, like this is our state. This is like what we like. This has to feel not very representative when you talk to the constituents in the actual physical geographic location close to where some of this horrible stuff that we've been talking about on this, on this podcast where it originates and where it comes out of. It must feel like that's not my government. That's not what's representing me. You're so right. Um, I've never, I, now that I think about it, I think part of the secret sauce of our um, of our movement and the folks that, that are electing, that, that are being elected locally, I think are probably somewhat um, galvanized by opposition to what they see at the state level because we feel it here more immediately, more directly. I mean, everybody sees um, things like the, you know, the unforgivable, ridiculous Martha's Vineyard Venezuelan migrant stunt. Everybody sees um, so sees some of the more ridiculous uh, sort of special interest food fights. But all that stuff every day, the steady trickle of just um, awful bad deal, taxpayer giveaways, special interest running the show, um, malfeasance. Um, and Culture war stuff and, you know, yeah, like mal- the, the targeting day. of marginalized communities and things like that. Yeah. Just the everyday murder that they get away with um, at the state capitol. People see that here. And I think uh, maybe maybe that's actually part of it. I, it. It definitely sticks out like a sore thumb here and people really, um, I don't think, appreciate it. Um, and I, I think that maybe I think that maybe maybe the unpopularity of the extreme agenda of Republican rule in Tallahassee with governors and, and right wing uh, legislatures might be actually part of the political culture um, that sets up reforming candidates for success in Tallahassee. I never thought of it, but I think that's true. Can you go into some of the cast of characters of like the lobbying class that um, sort of trickle in and out of the state legislature? on local Tallahassee politics to uplift some of these nefarious characters like John Daly and Nick Maddox and others? Well, sure. I think in those two cases, um, 
Yeah, I, we saw an unprecedented push uh, in this past election cycle, even more than in the past with uh, then Commissioner Daley for institutional money, people that are involved in state issues, um, donating their tons and tons of uh, stacked thousand dollar checks and PC contributions um, to him. And, um, you know, uh, there's a there's another side of, of that um, locally. There's a. Um, um, you know, there's a developer uh, establishment class here that's kind of coextensive here, but uh, with with it and kind of operates next to it in, in local stuff. But I think that lately they've really kind of become weaponized and come together. Um, you mentioned Nick Maddox. There's a gentleman named Sean Pittman, who's a longtime lawyer lobbyist. He was very, very close to um, some of the excesses that we saw in Andrew Gillum world. Um, I think that he's at the center of, of both. He's been closely involved with both of the um, both of the uh, federal um proceedings that have happened involving local stuff here um and uh definitely continues to have a strong a strong hand including yes um esg media sean Pittman, as people that he's closely associated with are undergo are are, are um are being um uh investigated uh by federal authorities on on charge on suspicion of corruption and stuff still playing a strong hand in nick maddox's campaign for instance uh, this person sean Pittman, um you know for instance it was his shop that fabricated a mailer uh, that said Allison Tant endorsed Nick Maddox. Uh, that was that was a favor that was done that was kind of made through Sean Pittman, and that's t- that's playing out in our local elections. But that whole system, that whole apparatus, is deeply tied into the state power uh, apparatus. So yeah, you do you do see things like that. Um, that would be a big one. Um, you know, there's a there's a big firm called Vancore Jones that does a lot of uh, work uh, with at the state level on PR and lobbying. And they were the sort of original host of John Daly and his career in the sort of the local establishment, chamber establishment here. They've kind of actually been run out of town because of the bad press that they were getting. It was hurting their book of business other places uh, when they began to cra- uh, clash up against and lose to um, our, our movement um, and, and just fall out of favor with people that, that live here. Um, I don't know. I'm curious what else yet. What else would be helpful? I'm, I'm I'm interested. I'd love to I love to like give people a little color. I'm so imminent within this stuff all the time. I love to tell other people about it because it really is interesting. Well, is there is okay? So it, one one account that I came across, and again, I don't know the landscape very well of uh, of Tallahassee, but one funny account that I came across in preparing for this episode was what to at first blush and T. We talked about this last week about um like. M- these quasi meet like these like, let's call them fugazi fake media organizations right and this one doesn't really have much of a following not like the capitalist but um it's at four tallahassee and it goes by four tl h and it looks like it's trying to be a tv station or something right it's it's got a meager following i should i, I hesitate to even bring it up i might beep out the name just because fuck them who cares no, i love it but no, I, i'm so glad you I found, and maybe as a, as a little intro into like, maybe you can talk about about them and whether there's any overlap there uh, with with all of these all of these interests. But um, I found a great uh, Jeremy Matlow um, uh, like graphic that they <laughs> that they uploaded that have some really cool things that he was in favor of that actually I, I really support. Number one, using vacant homes as homeless shelters. That's a great idea. Fucking should do it. I don't know if he actually does do it because it seems like this was intended to be a hit piece on him, but They're I think that's a fucking great idea. Honest. Yeah. <laughs> Local government run clothing stores. That sounds awesome. Like people Based? need clothes. 
Closing, yeah, based as hell. Uh, closing youth detention centers, <laughs> fuck yeah. And then finally, the one that they lead with that I am absolutely uh, 100% on board with the commissioner with legalizing petty theft. Fuck yeah, let's do that, man. Let's do this. First of all, how far along is 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 your boss on the legalizing petty theft um, plat- plank of his platform? No. Has he managed to get any legislation introduced? No. And second, maybe you could tell us about for TLH and maybe some of these other act like media adjacent actors in your market. Does, does he have like a Robin Hood agenda where he will distribute the goods from his petty theft to those who need it the most? I to think, podcasters who need it the most. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you, I think if you squint, it could, it could be like that. Now um, we, uh, a lot, like a lot of things that, that comes out of for Tallahassee. Uh, I think that one's pretty much fully, fully fabricated. I love that you ask. It's actually very interesting. And I think how, so imagine this. You've got this gentleman named Skip Foster, um, who I'd like to say on the record. Oh, Skip Foster. Okay. Uh, who, who, by the way, for the purposes of this conversation on the record, is a total dipshit, I would like to say. Um, so he is... Uh, he blocked me, thank, uh, thanks to you. <laughs> he's blocking a lot of people. He's trying to block out the world so that it just his uh, personal <laughs> fantasy can reign. Uh, no. Uh, blocking out the sun. <laughs> it's like, you're not here. You're not here. Yes, yes, you can block block it all out, uh, block out. As I call it, a a classic Sabatini is he what could, I like to call that one. Uh, Skip Foster uh, could not block out those election results when Commissioner Matlow won by twelve points in August. But um, but yeah, no, Skip Foster is this is a very interesting case. I know that uh, Mary Ellen Class with the Miami Herald has done a really interesting work on the um, uh, this Neiman grant that she did on, on the decline of local journalism. Um, and, and the negative side effects that that's had on local government and, and, and just corrupt policies being less and less, people being less bashful about pursuing them. This is an interesting example. You have people like uh, in, Tam- in, in Tampa Bay, you know, you've got a lot of former uh, press people. Adam Smith, the political editor of The Times, is now doing basically PR for the mayor, for a very conservative uh, former police chief mayor of Tampa. You have a revolving door now. We all know about the revolving door at the Capitol, where half the lobbyists are former state house members and all that. Well, here you've got you've got something where you have people of power um, that basically publicly under um, uh, sort of publicly underwritten power, then weaponizing it for political purposes. You've got um, Skip Foster was the former uh, publisher of the Tallahassee Democrat, our local newspaper of record. And he has now thrown in uh, that he's now client driven PR guy who uses the chamber um, and other um, stakeholders that are generally out of step with the average person, the average voter and the average taxpayer in Tallahassee. And he's now, he actually passed around the hat. He made a new 501c4 with a guy, with a former Republican County Commissioner named Brian Deloge, who also got beaten really badly in 2020 elections. They have this little revenge plot and they're passing the hat around to all their chamber, uh, usual suspects people and say, hey, we're gonna take down Matt Lowe. Give us 10 grand, give us 20 grand and we'll go we'll go fuck up Matt Lowe for you. We'll get rid of this guy. That's what Fort Tallahassee is the, um, that that's the expression uh, that that the, the vehicle that they made for that purpose. Of course, it it it, it has failed terribly and has made a black not, eye. Not, not a good not a good return on investment. No, 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 no. They kind of set all these rich people's. I wonder how that works. Actually, I wonder how they're feeling about it. I wonder how morale is over there. But yeah, they, yeah. they skip also skip also has there's a, they the same company, uh, the same firm, Hammerhead Communications, a press insider press thing that uh, reference. Um, there's oh, a, yeah. John Thrasher. John Thrasher should work at Hammerhead. Thrasher for Hammerhead. Absolutely. They got, That's the connection. they've got a great aesthetic going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, there's a, there's a candidate named Hannah Crow that he, that works for Hammerhead that has, that has actually taken part in some of the 
truly beyond the pale, really disgusting, defamatory charges that they've thrown at Commissioner Matlow, who is a good man and uh, and doesn't deserve that. And meanwhile, these are the same people clutching their pearls and talking about the sanctity of decorum and all that stuff. Meanwhile, just throwing crass, negative personal attacks, saying that Matlow's racist, calling him just flatly a hypocrite, sending a mailer to the black community that says Jeremy Matlow is not good for our community, using a photo of him that was him standing with black lawmakers against the the, 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 the diminution of black vote in uh, that uh, the Al Lawson congressional district. Just the worst kind of most craven, disgusting, wrong-headed, totally personally, selfishly interested uh, personal attacks. And that's what Skip Foster and Fort TLH is. And they've kind of, um, kind of tried to uh, kind of swaddle themselves in the clothes of news and being newsy, but of course it's just right wing propaganda. And when he, they lost last time, and, and with any luck, uh, their, their candidate that they're running in this district county uh, uh, race will, will will also have the same fate. It's been a pretty big embarrassment for Skip and all of them. I wonder how they'll move forward. But that's anyway. That's a thumbnail sketch of for Tallahassee. I'm glad that you asked. They really, really tried. Uh, really hard and wasted a lot, as you noted, wasted a lot of rich people's money. I think it, it's it's fair to point out, you know, there, there's nothing inherently wrong with opinionated media or advocacy journalism. But right. I think what re- we really need to emphasize here is that these people are fucking liars mm. and they're sellouts and they're whores who will take money to say whatever is most convenient for special interest groups that are trying to fuck over working people. So that that is like the real crime here, that these people are complete political horse. I just really wanted to emphasize that point. I say it, brother. It doesn't get said enough. And I think that's totally true. Before Tallahassee was a way to convert rich people's money, largely subsidized money of that developers and real estate interests who just get tons and tons of uh, uh of, of, of other people's wealth that they didn't work for, converting it into negative personal smears about good people. Uh, that's the way I see it. And uh, luckily it hasn't worked, I think, partly because of the well-educated um, and good-natured um, voters that live here. And they're also just bad at their jobs. Like they're not even good at like lying and smearing. They're just I was afraid. Them. I see how bad the Democratic consultants are. And there's a really bad Democratic consultant that works with Scott Maddox very closely named Reggie Cardozo, who I used to work with at the state stuff. He came and chased me across the street and worked on uh, David Bellamy's campaign, our opponent in August. Uh, I, I wasn't afraid of that because I know how bad the Democratic consultants are. But I thought with all these Republicans, he might they might bring some heat on us. Are, is there any overlap? Because like you were saying, like the Fort Tallahassee people, like it seems like what they do is not very different from the consultant class. What they do, is there any overlap between the two? Like how they communicate with each other, how they set their narratives, how they, you know, like, because this stuff doesn't just drop into people's mailers. It's, you know, it's negotiated and hashed out behind. Oh, the no, Gerald, you're exactly right. No, the, the, the 501c4, the shady dark money group that funds the, their trash, their propaganda, shares the same address as a lot of the bad uh, status quo candidates, including John Daly's campaign headquarters. So yes, it's all one gross little vertically integrated uh, trough of this special interest money. Yeah, can we try to pick that apart a little bit? You know what? I just got done before when I was prepping for this for, for this episode. I was reading an article on FloridaPolitics.com about a, um, let's just say a politician who we've talked about before here, and I don't want to slander her because she's running against another shitty politician who I want her to beat. But the pol- the tone of this article was about um, how this Democrat candidate 
uh, is spending a large amount of money that she's been able to raise. Great. Good for her. She, I, I hope that Democrats can outraise their opponents. Good for them. Um, but it's in the, in the detail of where she is spending all of this money. I just saw like consultant, 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 blue shoe law firm, blue, or uh, what do you call it? White shoe law firm, white shoe law firm, consultant, consultant. And this is something that T we've been talking about this since even before we started this podcast, we want to tease apart some of these, what makes the Democrat part, democratic party in Florida today, the Florida Democrats, this make work organization where it's like, Oh, your kid graduated from FSU or FAMU. Well, we're going to either help them get a uh, you know an LLC to start their consulting business in Osceola County or some shit, or we're going to just move them right into an existing one, right? And they're going to step in. The, the it's it's not even a matter of results. It's not even a matter of quality or whether or not they're any good at getting people elected. It's right. more like a check that you have to write in order to run. And I don't know, man, I know that that's a really big opening and probably a toxic one as far as a question goes, but what are your thoughts on that? Because we, we have talked about this consultant class and how it's kneecapped the Democratic Party or the, the forget about the party, I don't give a shit about the party. The people who would better serve Florida, mm. their chances their chances are materially injured by the structure of this party where it's like, oh no, no, first you gotta pay your tithing to all of these different organizations, consultants, LLCs. I don't know, man. What do you think? Oh, me? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I started my life, man, in terms of swimming in the same water. I've, I was known as a sort of a dissident critic of this stuff since early in my career. And then I later worked inside the building and saw the failures. The, so, so, like you said, failures by design, seemingly. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've never you, seen you, you worked at Florida House Victory, right? Yeah, I was the communications director at, at Florida House Victory, and we did some good work there. Won some good races and beat some beat some really bad, out of touch Republican legislators like Vern Buchanan's son, uh, with a moderate Democrat, Margaret Good, who was elected, and you know a lot of a lot of things that I didn't agree with too. But um, I think some people at the staff level are doing the best that they can and doing a good job, and they're to be commended. But I saw there as the same thing that you're observing, uh, David, that um, there just seems to be like Tomas says. I mean, there's like this professional grifter class of nieces and nephews and people that just kind of get uh, they're just there because they're there they're kind of grandfathered into the process and i've never seen in any other industry in any other any other sort of social group in, in any other sort of in any enterprise of any kind i've never seen people fail upwards this lack of this sort of negative accountability that happens over and over again and i think that what it comes down to and the same things i've observed inside the building and outside the building and in a sense i think a lot of it comes down to um personal financial conflicts of uh, people. You've got people that are moving and grooving and acting as these uh, sort of free roving uh, warlords um, that are just doing whatever they want, representing private clients that are Republican oriented and um, have interests that are not uh, appealing to the appetites of Democratic voters. And so that waters down the candidates that they work with. It waters down the messaging of the brand of the party overall. And it creates an atmosphere where the people that are making these decisions and wheeling and dealing on behalf of candidates don't really have the same interest in winning and growing the number of Democrats elected no matter what, as much as they do um, their own personal bottom line. I think that's, I know Tomas can probably add, but that's that's the, the shape of it as I see. I was listening to the Florida Squeeze podcast actually. And the, okay, so I, I always say, you know, for like politics is just like a sport now, like people don't care. and. What they were saying is, I think it was Cardick. I don't know who said it, but they were like, politics in Florida 
is not even a sport anymore because in sports there are consequences like you said david if you're a bad player you get like traded or you get removed from the team if you're a coach you know you get fired like if you're in college football and you get like i think you might have said it right you're like you get three seasons you're out mm-hmm. like there that doesn't exist for florida democrats no like it's it's, it's wwe is what it is it's wrestling yeah yeah I've been frustrated yeah. and, and noticed the same thing. And you, you often see at the same, you often see the same names and faces at the scenes of the crime over and over again, don't we? Yes, yeah, we this is like, I, I, I look back and I read, a, I, I was recalling a similar article I read years ago. You guys have been more, you know, obviously formally involved in, in this politics in this state for a lot longer than I have been. But I remember one of the first times that I noticed this was reading a similar article about all the, um, millions and millions of dollars of expenditure in the 2018 bill nelson campaign and in those millions and millions of dollars there wasn't a like when people ask me to build them a website i tell them i'll charge them like five thousand bucks there wasn't a single fucking expenditure for a spanish language website for a guy running in for the senate in florida and i remember thinking somebody should lose their fucking job and then i realized that the state party and even the DNC, which is you know, the, and obviously the 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 um, the Democrat, the, the Senate Democrats too. But like from the bottom to the top, it's a pass through. It's a pass through for money. It's like the money gets donated from the millions of emails from Joe Biden saying he's going to shit himself if you don't give him thirty bucks, or like some other organization pre- like like doxing Bernie and pretending that they're Bernie and telling me. David, it's Bernie. I uh, the, the victory fund needs your money right now, and like, and all of this money is like a pass through, right? All, all of this, all of these organizations are, sorry, but the political organizations are pass through to these these private entities, and like you say, Ryan, man, like it's malpractice, and you keep seeing a lot of the same names over and over, and it feels particularly worse here in Florida. And like it kind of sets up like that big existential question of like what our what our podcast is is like why are we like this like what what do you think is like unique about this state and its makeup from that God's eye view that you have there working at the municipal level in the state capital like what is it the confluence of all of the Floridaness that makes us Florida like I don't know what 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 do you think and and I want to interject something very quickly here. Like the, the the RPOF, the Republican Party of Florida, is is not any different in the sense that it's also an ATM for a consultant class from yep. the other side, or consultants that frankly delve in both worlds and are mercenaries firms, and it's like that in most, if not all, battleground swing states in this country. The thing that separates the RPOF and the Florida Democrats is that the RPOF consistently wins and they win by a lot. So yeah. the grifting on our side is magnified because the same losers keep getting the same high-priced contracts, you know, the void of any consequence to their bottom line or careers, right? But for example, Ron DeSantis right now, you know, he raised what, like about $160 million. I think he has like $106 million, you know, left. A lot of money. You know, he's burned through a lot of cash. And I think Cardick uh, was talking about this, that they're sending mailers in like, you know, like Democratic heavy areas of, or- of Orange County, of Orlando right now. I mean, they're, they have fuck you money 
and they're spe- they're starting to spend it on strategically because they a they don't give a shit they can and also because there's a lot of consultants that need to get paid and they're just you know again just spending to get those you know commission rates you know and kickbacks to themselves but again they you know they win so they aren't in the spotlight but we lose and we are not in the spotlight also <laughs> there's so many reasons for that that's a great point well taken i remember i, I go back to the classic um one thing i like to talk about is um there's a, a great study of southern politics called by v.o key the 40s 50s political scientist he wrote a book called southern politics in the state and the nation and there's a subheading about Florida that's just called every man for himself. Um, and it's still <laughs> it, it's still that way. I mean, there's some there are some structural reasons to your question, uh, David, about, you know, we have this incredibly diffuse. You have an urban you have urban core voters that are that Democrats live next to each other. They tend to cluster. Um, and so you see that like in Atlanta versus in Georgia, you've got exurban and suburban communities. Suburbs maybe go either way. The rural all goes Republican. Atlanta has this dominant force. Um, and so basically the election margins are just trading back and forth. Whoever's turning out the most, they tends to go that way. Florida has one structural problem that I've always found is interesting. I don't particularly have a solution for it, but there's these, there are the, there's this diffuse power. There's a, the democratic power is very diffuse and people that are a big deal in like Jacksonville democratic politics, completely unknown in Miami. Somebody who is a, a, a crusading uh, a liberal progressive in Broward County, really nobody in Tallahassee, um, other than a few people that are in the process going to know about that person. Orlando, you've got the the, the amazing thing that those great people uh, like Carlos and Ana Dascomanes, they do a lot of that stuff. They're trying to, they're, they're some of the only people that are smart enough and hardworking enough to have really built that into a statewide brand that everyone can sink their, te- their teeth into. But that has kind of not really, that's been the exception way more than the rule. Um, you know, you've got, a, you've got a party that's been so badly in decline and so demoralized after so many uh uh, defeats going back to my god you know bill mcbride buddy mckay until today just getting the shit kicked out of them um and then you you don't have a, an opportunity for a bench to grow to be nourished by a statewide audience um because of that diffusion among other things um there's just there just hasn't been um and like tomas said the incredibly crushing power of just like republican money the inequality wealth inequality here i think kind of charges it up and makes the funding even more uh, different than it than not than, than it is in, in other comparable states, um, and then yeah, there's just some special factor that I can't understand that just seems to make it so that you know three out of four close calls and toss ups the Democrats are are going to lose. I'm curious about what y'all think about it, but I've seen it. I know it's not good. I, I can't exactly tell you why, but I know a good place to start would be um, kind of cleaning house and, and starting over with a new approach. No, but I mean, you 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 bring up a good point that like okay, for example. In, right in your backyard, there's a state rep named, um, uh, you know, like we can talk about Anna. Anna was on our first episode. She's hugely high profile. Oh, awesome. Everybody loves her. Everybody, know, everybody knows her. But like in your backyard, you've got a state rep named um, Angie Nixon, who I follow on Twitter, who's, uh, uh, as far as I can tell, great. Like, if I mean, that's a consultant's dream to have somebody like that to come down and position her for like a statewide or even like a, a larger position, a position, uh, you know, at the federal level uh, to, to, to make somebody like that, um, to develop a person like that, to take a, a candidate like that, who, who checks a lot of boxes and has a great story. Right. Yep. But you don't see it happening. If you talk to people in Miami, they have no idea who she is. They have no idea who, you know, Michelle Rayner Goolsby is like, you know, and it, there's not that connection across those, 
those those diffuse spaces, like you were saying. Like th- there's these little, uh, you know, cottage industries of good progressive, you know, politics happening in specific places with specific people, and it feels like they don't connect. And I, I think that that's a great point you made. For what it's worth, uh, sh- shameless plug. I mean, we we've been trying to make that happen. You know, Jeremy. Uh, Commissioner Matlow uh, had an event. We actually had a fundraiser for Michelle Rayner, for Rep Rayner. And we had some people that come across the street. It might have been their only time. It, uh, his place is only five. Uh, Warhorse is a great, uh, a great bar next to Gain Street Pies. Um, we, had, um, we had like a half a dozen state house reps in the house. Um, and we had, uh, and including Rep Nixon, who we just love. I mean, we just, she's like talented. I mean, she's just one of those people, you know, once in a generation person who comes along. She's just so awesome and so talented. I um, mean, I'm so glad that everybody they they do work they do work well together. We we kind of had we we've, we've cross endorsed folks. Um, you know, uh, Representative Escamani endorsed Jack Porter, commissioner in um, in 2020, for instance, and and we tried to build as well as we can. But yeah, I I don't know the whole answer. We try to do what we can to kind of cross cross pollinate and be there to support the people. I know that being a Democratic state house rep can be pretty thankless. I know I've known a lot yeah. of people that do that for a living. And they come up here, they schlep their asses all the way up to Tallahassee, and then they just get like relentlessly beaten up every day. To just kicked in the, to just kicked in, to get get kicked in the ass, yeah, like yeah. session after session. And you yeah. fight, you fight and claw for your, your, you know, your little project, and then it gets line item vetoed by the governor and all that stuff. And there's a general overall cultural problem. There's just a, there's just something, just there's just a stench of defeat, unfortunately, in the whole thing. And I, I, I don't under, there are a lot of bright people that I know. Uh, that are not interested in running for state office, and I can understand why. Uh, but at the same time, we can't let the bastards have the place because we see what happens when they run when they run wild. Yeah, when they run when they run Miami. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> but, but you know, we're reaching top of the hour, and you know, we don't want to hold you here all night. But Ryan, uh, to to end in a more positive tone, because uh, you all have uh, shown how it's possible to chart a victorious uh, course in, you know, local politics in the state capital of Florida. I mean, you know, like in the, the belly of the beast. So what, I guess, you know, what are your like recommendations to, you know, and it, people that want to organize or want to get into this sort of like, you know, uh, rough and tumble, like electoral politics, like wh- wh- what would you advise? Well, uh- that's what a smart question. I'm surprised how often I've never heard that kind of stuff really discussed. Um, you know, for me, we have our theory of change involved direct confrontation. Uh, I know that Tomas would, would, would not know anything about that, right? Uh, but no, 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 no. What, what, he's a pussycat. One thing that we always try to keep in mind is how unpopular this stuff is. What they do in that building in Tallahassee, most people don't like it. It's just that nobody gives them a real alternative and nobody explains why behaving one way or another might make a difference about that stuff. And I think, you know, you know, the an agenda, it's probably polls in the 20s. When people say, hey, what's up, random person in Osceola County or Pasco County? What do you think about uh, the state government going to war with uh, transgender teenagers and uh, Walt Disney World? People don't like it. What do they think about you? Give taxpayer giveaways and more toll roads. And people don't like it. Um, and, and, and giving away the government's authority making uh, the, uh, the decision making authority to big private utilities that jack their uh, jack their rates up and, and behave irresponsibly and try to subvert our elections and throw their weight around inappropriately. People don't like any of this stuff. Um, and so I really believe in I think that one one pitfall that I see is people getting too into the uh, maybe like an Obama like uh, as an example, trying waiting for one star to coalesce. 
they organize everybody. I think which which I worked for OFA and I you know I, I get that I think that he won a lot of people some elections that, and that was important. Um, but I think that a working class multiracial coalition about uh, 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 of issues that are driven by the public interest and pointing and shining a light at the actors who really control the show in your given locality. A lot of people that I've found want to find a conciliatory approach to that. Um, the, the, the sort of the, 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 the capital class in their local community that, uh, that, that funds all the winners and uh, punishes people um, and, and people that want people have a tendency to want to work within a system or acknowledge some of these problems, but in a kind of half measure way, we believe. And if you've got that kind of stuff going on in your community, say, hey, these campaign contributions are helping facilitate this unpopular policy. And if you elect my friend, X, who is a credible person and stakeholder that has a record, then they will they will work to oppose that and they will work to get results that will help your life and encourage enrich your quality of life. It's a simple formula, but it's it's to me always crazy how often you do you don't see that in a lot of races. Um, I, 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 that's one thing that I would say. I think naming the problem and not being afraid to go directly after the people that at the end of the day, looking at a power dynamic sort of evaluation, they do have the most powerful. They do have the most power. They do have the most responsibility. And I think informing people, informing voters on those terms um, is, is something that I've, I've always um, wanted to see more of and I find to be successful, for instance. Yeah, and, and I just want to remind the listener that uh, Commissioner Matlow uh, took on the machine and won by 12 points. So there's a lot of losers in Democratic politics in Florida, but tonight, folks, we're with a winner. So listen to Ryan. Hey, Ryan, take the advice to heart because hey, yeah. it's a good, it's a good one. <laughs> I, I, I always say, um, you know, the, the people who hold the gate, who, who keep the gate and hold the keys and all this stuff, are, are average random people that read the newspaper, that may, it, they they pay attention to local government, maybe a few hours per year, and give them something, give give them something that they can seek the, sink their teeth into, and uh, and let them know the unpopular things that they don't like. Let them know who resp- who's responsible for it. And um, I've always found that to be to be a winner. And I, I really I find a lot of political people are cynical uh, and they, they snicker with each other and they don't like average people, like the people that they find at the doors when they go to knock doors. I find that you have to love the people to serve the people. You have to meet people where they are. Get them. Let, let people don't let it be a one way conversation when you're out in the community, because um, the rhythm of, of people, random people that don't care about politics that you run into at the grocery store or whatever, I think that they have a lot to say. And I'm not just being corny. I think that there's actual pragmatic lessons in, in those conversations. And um, the stuff, the, the, the decorum and the, the hokey pokey of, of, of establishment politics as usual has never been less popular. And don't, if you're a candidate, if you're an advocate, don't be afraid to call that stuff what it is. See, Tomas, now I, now I feel guilty about like what the episode where I said that we should just like cut the state in half and like let, and let, Tallahassee just die on the vine without any of our beautiful, tasty funding from Miami-Dade, Broward, and Orange County. Like, I, I feel terrible about saying that now. But it, I, it, sa- it sounds like we're going to be sending the turnover chain from UM up to Ryan since we're not using it anymore. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I, I also feel a little bad uh, from taking that $600,000 from FPL capitalist style, but then the check cleared and I felt yeah. a little better. So I get it, man. I get it, brother. Yeah. You got to eat. 
Yeah, I mean, and I'm sorry, Ryan. We always uh, warn the guests at the end, so they already, you know, do the recording. But you are going to be edited, and it's going to be used against you. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. This is part of Sunshine Law. It falls yeah. underneath the uh, parameters. It's, it sounds about right. Nothing would surprise me around Florida politics anymore. Yeah, exactly. It it will technically be your words, just not in the order you said them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just because I love Ryan so much, uh, he's such a great guy. Uh, means you know you, you you all are doing an incredible job in, in Tallahassee and uh, it's just I'm just so impressed and yeah man thank you for joining us this is the the shameless plug time what do you what do you got to plug um, I personally am very strongly supporting a gentleman named Josh Johnson a uh, endorsed by Labor uh, public school teacher Godby High School teaches at a public uh, a Title One public school we have a serious opportunity to make a big dent in the broken establishment status quo system here in Leon County. Go to voteforjosh.com, Josh Johnson for Leon County Commission. I promise this guy is the real deal. Um, he will make us proud on the County Commission. We love him very much. Um, and otherwise, um, check out Jeremy Matlow if you're interested um, in, in some of the stuff that we've done, some of the endorsements that we've made and the issues that we've taken. Perhaps it might serve as a, 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 and some inspiration to other people in other cities and other counties who are interested in and what um, governing uh, in, in a grassroots way looks like. Um, and uh, check me out. As always, I wouldn't be myself if I didn't say, go ahead, give me a follow on Twitter if you're interested, at Ryan Ray, at, at Ryan Ray underscore FLA. And Cardick uh, does great work at the Florida Squeeze. I really think holding it down, churning out an impressive amount of, uh, of content over there at the Florida Squeeze. So check them out as well. Yeah, I love the Florida Squeeze, and I really like the history podcast. So you guys are doing an awesome job. Yeah. You guys too, by the way. Thank you for having me. This is really cool. That's all for this episode of Why Are We Like This? Be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts for more episodes or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at wawlt.com. Follow us on Twitter at Walt Show and on TikTok at Walt Show. You can also email us at walt at allpointswest.net. Until next time, this was Why Are We Like This? Walt Mafia Rising. <laughs> <laughs>